The Courage to Lead, episode 107. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Arlen here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a phenomenal week. Um, I'm having a great week and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest today. Please help me welcome Mike Malatesta. Mike is an entrepreneur, podcaster, trusted advisor, and author. He loves supporting and helping entrepreneurs bring their dreams to life, breaking through barriers and achieving massive success. He's an entrepreneur who has helped start, grow, and sell two amazingly successful waste management companies. One sold for mid eight figures and the other sold for low nine figures. Mike knows how hard it is to be an entrepreneur and what a long shot it can be to achieve the success and freedom that are the entrepreneurial goal. He also knows what it takes to get there. Mike is a servant leader, described as humble, driven, committed, dependable, real, and kind. He has a proven talent for developing exciting vision and mission initiatives, building the teamwork, talent, and systems necessary to realize those initiatives and executing with a team to deliver the desired results. Mike, welcome to the show. Uh, Coach Harlan, I'm so happy to be here. And wow, that's that's a really great intro. I thank you. I'm kind <laughs> no. of I'm kind of in, like, oh boy, could have been no, shorter. No, yeah. no, no. no this is all me. taken from this is all taken from uh public information. So uh I've got it on good authority that uh you are the man. And I, I keep I think we talked uh in the pre uh, conversation. My wife's maiden name is Meza Testa. Oh, yes. So I keep wanting yeah, to yeah. T- call you Mike Meza Testa, but uh, you're Malatesta. That's fine. I will answer to that <laughs> if that's what you want to call me. No worries. All right, Malatesta, Mike. Yeah, bad head. Bad head. Um, all right. So uh, I want to talk about how you got started. I want to talk about the, the work that you're currently doing now. You also are kind of philanthropic and helping other entrepreneurs grow their businesses and things like that. I want to talk about those initiatives you have going, okay. uh, talk about your podcast and your book that you have out. So there's a lot on the plate, but first, before we get started, I've got some questions that I ask all of my guests. These are questions made famous on the TV show inside the actor's studio where host James Lipton asks these questions of his Hollywood guests, Hollywood TV, film, stage. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. So Mike, if you're ready, I've got 10 questions for you. Let's do it. All right. Question number one, what is your favorite word? Uh, My favorite word is optimism. Optimism. What is your least favorite word? Can't. What turns you on? Um, energy. And what turns you off? Negativity. What sound or noise do you love? Uh, water, like, um, waterfall. Okay. And what sound or noise do you hate? Uh, like the breaking news thing that's on the, you know, the TV all the time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's pretty good yeah yeah it's like oh god <laughs> yeah what's coming next right yeah right all right question seven what is your favorite curse word well uh i just wrote a blog about not cursing although i do curse but i'd say my, so here's the thing 
when, uh, when something happens to me that I don't expect, like I hurt myself or something, shit is the first thing I say, Harlan. And then I go, damn it. And then I go, shoot. <laughs> so that's the progression. Okay. <laughs> Good job. All right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Uh, well, you know, the ship has probably sailed, but professional football would have been a joy for me. Yeah. I, yeah. I just what, had to be bigger, stronger, and faster. <laughs> what position? Any, any certain position? Uh, I would, uh, so linebacker would be, or defensive end would be the things I think it would turn me on the most. There you go. Good job. All right. What profession would you not like to attempt? Uh, I do not, I am not, I, I, hmm. I want to say I'm not built to be a teacher, like a classroom teacher, although, so I don't think I want to attempt that. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you on that one. Yeah. All right. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? I've been waiting for you. I'm waiting. Excellent. Good job. All right, Mike, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about how you got your start, uh, the businesses you've created and, and sold and continue to run. And then we'll get into talking about your podcast and your book and courage. All right. Yeah. Whatever so we'll you want about. to do. Let's all do right. Yeah. We'll talk about all that and more right after this. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. All right, and I am back with my guest, Mike Malatesta. Mike, thanks again for agreeing to be on the podcast. It's good to have thanks you here, sir. Me. It's yeah. a joy. Yeah. So tell me uh, how you got started in, in the waste management field. Well, um, I mean, the, the story really goes back to when I was four years old, Harlan, and I was sitting, we lived across the street from a construction company, and I, was, I would sit on the curb in the afternoons, and I would watch the guys bring their trucks back, and I just really got super excited about trucks, like the noise and the smoke and the just everything about them. I just loved them. And, um, uh, I think, it, I think the entrepreneurial seed was planted in me there when I was four, but then for the next couple of decades, I, I didn't do anything with it. I mean, I just, you know, life takes over, you go to school. And when I went to, when I went to college, I, I, I didn't know what I was going to do. I chose an English major because, you know, it comes a point where you have to choose something. And I, mm -hmm. I just had no idea, but so I chose English, but I never wanted, like I said, I didn't want to be a teacher. I didn't want to, didn't really want to use the English degree. I just thought it was something I could get. And then, um, when I was a junior, I, I got a job driving a garbage truck between, uh, you know, in the summer between my junior and senior year. And, I, I mean, I love the truck thing, but that just, like, I'd never thought about waste or trash or anything. And it just, I just love the business. I thought it was the greatest thing. I don't know why. And then, um, so I decided that summer, I said, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to go into this industry and see where it takes me. So that's how I got started in the industry. And then later, uh, um, 
I got fired from the job that I got out of college when I thought, I thought, you know, I was doing really well. I was moving around. I was moving up. I thought, oh, maybe one day this was a big company. I thought maybe one day I'll be the CEO of this company, you know, and, um, and that's not what happened to me. Instead, I got fired and I had no idea what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And, um, turned out to be a blessing, of course, because that's what led me into getting that entrepreneurial seed finally germinated and starting a business. But um, that's how I got into the waste business. Nice. So was anybody else in your family entrepreneur? I mean, did you pick it up from them or is this something that kind of new? No. Um, I mean, entrepreneurial, like my dad um, was a truck driver, but he, you know, did, had a grass cutting business kind of on the side that he did on weekends and at nights. And, and I used to go work with him and, and help and, you know, maybe, maybe that was, I mean, that was something. So I'd say there was something, it was a work ethic and there was a hustler ethic, I guess, but, but not, not what I would call not an actual entrepreneur. Yeah. But then uh, reading through your bio and stuff like that, you said that you kind of met somebody who was kind of a, a, a yeah. mentor or, or, a yeah, what would yeah. You call yeah. Yeah. You're talking about Butch. He was, uh, so, so I, before I got fired, I worked with Butch for about a year at the company where, you know, we worked together and I, I, I mean, I knew him, but I didn't really know him. I, I never, you know, hung out with him or anything. And after I got fired, he actually, uh, you know, sent me a message and said, Hey, um, you know, if you're thinking about starting a business, I, I would really want to talk to you about that and, and maybe be your partner. And I was just so out of left field, Harlan. Mm-hmm. I, was, I, and I was feeling so terrible about myself. Um, sorry for myself and all the things you shouldn't be doing. And I get this message from him and it was like the first bit of confidence that I had in a long time. And for, and, and it's funny because Butch had been, um, he was, a, he was a mechanic, uh, but, but super, he was just super talented with, you know, you know, this kind of people oh, that yeah. can build anything, right. Yeah. That's him. But he, but he spent most of his time uh, on the family farm until they lost it. And he always wanted to be a farmer his whole life. So I, I, when I was thinking about the book and, and Butch, it, it just clicked on me. Like, you know, I had this seed planted when I was four years old and finally had it germinated by this farmer who I barely knew, you know, but <laughs> But um, but turned out to be the best person that I think I've ever met. Nice. And so you guys went into business together. We did. Tell me, tell me about that business. Yeah. So we started a, a a trucking company that was uh, basically trucking wastewater from factories to treatment plants where they could treat it and recycle the the water. So so that was our start, and um, and from that uh, we. Uh, well, we did a lot of things right. We did a lot of things wrong. And, you know, slowly but surely over time, we, we expanded into treating waste ourselves. And then we expanded into all other types of waste services that we could do, things that, you know, our customers would find valuable. And, um, you know, 22 years later, it was a pretty big business, Harlan. And, and, um, and, wow. and we ended up selling that business in 2015. But uh, unfortunately, Butch passed away about 10 years into that, um, journey, uh, from, and, and he was, it was, a, you know, it was a terrible thing. He was burned badly in a fire at one of our treatment plants where we were rebuilding it and mm-hmm. tank caught on fire. And anyway, um, so it, 
it was, it was, I mean, that changed my life as you met, as you can imagine it, it, yeah. it might. And, um, um, yeah, I, 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 I almost, you know, I got into a point where I thought, well, it's not worth doing this anymore. I mean, this, I was really in a bad spot. I call it the Valley of uncertainty has to, you know, yeah. I dropped into this Valley and, um, fortunately, uh, you know, I was, I was able to, to work my way out of there with some help, but, um, yeah, I was really sad that, uh, he wasn't able to, yeah. he wasn't, he wasn't able to, to, you know, take the whole journey yeah. with me. But you guys built that from scratch and you sold it in 2015. That's right. Yeah. Nice. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks. And now did you start another business after that? Yeah. A couple of years later, I, I started a similar business, but it was, um, this time it was a little different because I partnered with a private equity sponsor to help me. And we, um, we bought a few companies and then put them together and then, you know, branded them as one company and, and, um, yeah. Nice. And, and then we were doing similar work to what I had been doing. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. And then you've got a podcast and I love your podcast. Oh, thank How you. did it happen? How did it happen? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me about that. How'd that get started? Well, it got started out of curiosity. Uh, Harlan, after I sold my first company, I was, I had this whole list of goals that I had been, that I had been um, uh, writing down. Not, these were longer term goals that you know, I thought, well, one day I'm going to get to these. And one of them was, um, you know, writing a book. That was one of them. And one of them was, um, you know, just establishing a, a blog or a presence, you know, on the, on the, on the internet to, to share my thoughts. And I started doing that and uh, it didn't take me long to, to, to be, it takes a long time to write a good blog post. And I, and even when you write the blog post and I think it's good, I don't think anybody cares because they don't want to read something that's that long, you know? So I was, it was, I was, it was kind of deflating, but I, but during that time I had, I had started listening to podcasts and I was really taken with, with podcasts and I, they started to be the only things that I would listen to. And as I was doing it, I thought to myself, well, you know, what they're doing is something that I feel like I could do. It, um, I, you know, if I have one skill, it's, it's that I can ask a question and then shut up and listen to an answer, you know? So I figured, <laughs> I figured I'd try it. And that's really, um, how I started, how did it happen was a name that I just popped into my head one day. Cause I was thinking, well, how can I start the show? Um, and I thought, well, I didn't want to do a scripted show. I just wanted to do a, you know, something that gets the conversation going. So how that happened for you is how, I, what, how I start every show. And I kind of like it because, um, you never know what the answer is going to yeah. be. Like, I'm not telling you what to talk about. You talk about whatever you want. And I like it because people don't usually think about that. They want to know, mm -hmm. well, what do you want me to, what do you want me to say? You right. know, where, where do you want me to go with this? And I say, I don't care go anywhere you want. So, <laughs> so, um, yeah, three years later, I've, I've, um, I, I think I've refined what, you know, what I really want to do. You know, at first I was kind of like, Oh, well, the, how did happen thing is cool and all. And I had some great people, but I wasn't quite sure I was, you know, diving in on exactly what I wanted to accomplish. And so now mm -hmm. I'm pretty clear about that. I mean, now I, I dig into stories of success and my goal is to activate and inspire greatness in everybody that's listening. That's my goal. Nice. 
Um, so yeah, it's been a, it's been a great journey. I really like it. Very cool. Well, that leads me to um, the thing I talk about earlier in uh, your LinkedIn profile. You, you talk about your mission to help a thousand entrepreneurs to create companies yeah. to reach uh, 20 million. And then they in turn will help spurn other businesses, right? And help them yeah. grow. Yeah. That, that is awesome. I love that. Talk about that. How did that get started? Well, when I, I had started investing in other companies while I still had my first business, but not a lot because you have, you know, most people, entrepreneurs have almost all their, you know, resources tied up in in the business. And when you, when you sell a business, those those resources uh, become less tied up. And so, uh, I had started before that, but afterwards I thought, oh, okay, now I really have an opportunity to help people like me. And I started, uh, and I really wanted to, I'm all about education. Like I think, and, and not like going to school education. I create my own education. I create my own school. And, um, so I thought, well, I'm going to combine those two things and I'm going to I'm going to find out, find a way to invest in um, early stage companies or startups, you might say early stage, you know, pre-revenues, a lot of them. And I'm going to do it for two reasons. One, uh, for my mission to help entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. they, they need it, they deserve it. And, and, and some of them could end up changing the world. They can all sure. end up, you know, making the world better or making your life better. But the second thing was, um, you know, I live in the Midwest. We have a we have a startup um, uh, environment where I, where I am, but it's not like, you know, Silicon Valley, for example. So I wanted right. to go to Silicon Valley so that I could get exposed to and learn about all kinds of things that I would never learn about at my house or, you know, mm-hmm. where I live. Um, so I, I, so I combined those two things together, you know, helping and then educate my own education. And um, that's, what's led me to invest in, I have over a hundred companies. Wow. Um, yeah. And then, and the, it's modest and, you know, I'm not leading the round or anything like that, but I'm participating. And, um, a lot of people ask me, well, how, how can you, you know, know anything about these hundred companies? And I don't, I don't know a lot about a lot of them, but that's part of the education process. Plus I'm mm-hmm. always following someone else's lead. So someone is investing in that company that I trust you know, that I think knows what they're doing. That's done the due diligence and all I'm, I'm just along for my own, my, my own ride on the education and for being whatever help I can be to the edu- the entrepreneur and the company. Yeah. So how do you find these, these companies? Uh, are you working through a group that, that yeah. brings them to you? Yeah. Most of them I find through uh, what are called syndicates. So okay. those are basically investment pools. Okay. They're led by uh, a person generally. Um, and then, um, you know, they, they develop, a uh, basically an LLC for every company that they invest in. So mm-hmm. the two that I am most active in are forefront venture partners that's run by Phil Nadell, who's a fabulous person and, uh, launch, which is run by a fellow named Jason Calacanis, who is you know, a phenomenal, uh, you know, early stage investor. And he's, you know, like my commitment is nothing compared to his commitment to what he's doing to help, uh, to help people be successful and get companies off the ground. So those are the two that I um, spend most of my time in. They make it very easy for you to, um, 
uh, invest. They make it very easy for you to be a, a limited partner in those, nice. which is basically an investor. And um, that's how I do it. Very cool. Yeah, there's a couple of groups around here that get together. Um, I because small businesses really drive the the economy. Mm-hmm. You know, the small businesses are the ones that create jobs and and keep the economy going. Um, we've got a couple of different groups around here. One of them is called One Million Cups. I don't know if you've heard of One Million Cups, where entrepreneurs can come in front of the group and kind of give their their sales pitch, get feedback, um, and make connections to get the things that they need to get their business off the ground. Introductions into yeah. venture capital groups okay. and things like that. Um, and those are, those are a lot of fun. You get to see that spark in the entrepreneur's eyes and you can tell right then if they're going to be really successful, you know, just by talking to them. That's, that's awesome. Well, and you know, this, I mean, the, the bet is almost always on the people and not on the actual idea because ideas are just that, you know, they, they, they may be good or they may be bad. Nobody knows till you actually start down yeah. the road, but the people. And they come and go, they come yeah. and go, you know, yeah. and, and cycles and stuff, but, and you'll have some ideas that are very, very similar, but you could have two or three people presenting the same essential idea. One of yeah. them just has that spark that you can just see that they are not going to take no for an answer. And they're going to really drive that, you know? I, I totally agree. I, uh, I use this in my book a few times and I just use it in life. You know, it's the, the 5% will do what the 95% won't. Yes. Yeah. You know, a lot of times it's that simple. It is. Absolutely. So tell me about your book. You brought it up. Tell me about your book. Owner yeah. shift, how getting Ownership. selfish got me unstuck. Right. Yeah. So thanks for, thanks for asking. So, um, so this is a book that I'm, uh, it, it launches on uh, November 30th and, and, you know, it started out as, um, just another goal, sort of like the podcast, right? It Mm -hmm. started out as a goal. I wanted to get a, I get a book done, but as I got into it, I thought, um, you know, how can I use my own experiences to tell, a story about the journey that many entrepreneurs take and not just about the journey, but how to really the, really the, the books about how to, how to, you know, jump over some of the, the bad places that a lot of entrepreneurs end up like I yeah. ended up. Um, yeah. uh, so I, so it, it basically takes you through the journey and there's four stages to the journey. It's there's the dream stage. There's the grind stage. There's the break stage. And then there's the breakthrough stage. And I want to get every, I want everybody to short circuit their way from dream to, to, to breakthrough if I can, or minimize the time that they spend and grind and break. But, um, yeah, I, so for me, like I did it all wrong. Um, I did it all wrong. Cause I, I got into it, you know, in the dream stage and I, I never, as the business grew, I never, um, adapted to it. It's like for a long time, I just never adapted to the growth. And so um, what I started doing in the dream stage, which got us off the ground and seemed like it was working. I just wanted to keep doing that Harlan. And um, turns out over time that what used to excite me about doing all the dream stuff was now taking all my energy away. And, yeah. and then I'd be like, well, I just have to work harder. I just have to work longer. I just have to do this. I just have to do that. I can't ask for help because that's weakness. I can't, yep. you know, I had all these bad, um, uh, ideals about yeah. what being an entrepreneur was. And, and, and then, um, so this was building and building and building. And then when Butch passed away, I said, I was just, I was just 
I was in, I dropped, you know, I, I went from grind to drop into broke. Yeah. What I, what I call the Valley of uncertainty. And, and that's a place that's, you know, not a good place for, for entrepreneurs to be, but so many of us end up being there because we don't adapt. We don't, um, ask for help. We don't, we don't build a system that, that, it, that, that, um, supports the business as it grows. We don't do all of those things. And then all yeah. of a sudden it's just like, why can't anything go right around here? You know? Yeah. But that is the cycle almost every entrepreneur goes yeah, through. Right. I just need to work a little harder. I just need to put in a few more hours. Right. right. And you can't let anybody know that you're struggling or that you're, you're, uh, you're afraid you're scared. Yeah. You know, you can't let anybody know because, Hey, I gotta be tough. Yeah. This was my yeah. idea to begin with. <laughs> yeah. I thought, you know, I thought getting help was lazy and, and, you know, I thought, that if, uh, if I didn't know something that was embarrassing, so I didn't want to let on that I didn't know. So then I would work hard to try to actually learn it. And, you know, all of those things, I call them the fallacies. I had these fallacies about what, what I was doing and who I was, you know, being, they were just wrong, but, but, yeah. but, but I didn't see it for, you know, a long time. I thought they were right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. At one point, I think I say that, uh, you know, I was 10 years into the business. I was, and, and it was probably a $10 million business at that point or so. And I was still treating it like it was an infant, you know, like it hadn't grown up, like it needed me for everything, all its yeah. sustenance and everything. And so, <laughs> you know, entrepreneurs design systems that, that, that worked perfect. They work perfectly. Mm -hmm. Um, unfortunately, like if you're in my case, you design a system that put you in, in this Valley, you designed right. it perfectly and it worked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you got, you're like, Oh, so it's not someone else's fault. It's my responsibility. Ah, I get it. Yep. Um, but the good thing is the revelation that I think, uh, that, that I had, and I think is available to everyone is look, if you, if you acknowledge that you had the responsibility and acknowledge that you designed this system perfectly for where it, you, where you ended up with it, you can certainly design a system, another system that gets you, you know, exactly where you want to be or creates a future for you. That's different than your past or present. Exactly. Uh, and so, so that's one of the key messages of the book. Very cool. But you say uh, get, getting selfish. Yeah. How did you get selfish? Okay. So I think, so I wanted to be, I, you know, selfish is a terrible word. And I, I, you know, you're from a young age, it's like, you don't want to be selfish, right? You want to be, you want to be selfless. You want to help people. And I, I wanted that. I still want that. I still want mm -hmm. that in my life. But what I determined while I was in the Valley was that, you know, this perfectly designed system was me being what I considered to be selfless, putting everybody else first before myself. And, and what ended up happening as a result of that was I wasn't doing my job. Like I mentioned, I was treating the business like it was an infant when it was, you know, a toddler. Right. So, but I, but I was being selfless about it, meaning, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about how I should be leading and how I should be growing or what my goals should be as a, for this toddler, I was still thinking about what I should have been doing when it was an infant Harlan. So my, my, what I think happens to a lot of people. And it certainly happened to me as you mistake self, self being selfless with being uh, effective and productive and all that stuff. But it's really just, in most cases, it's just an excuse um, 
not to do your job as the as the business you know grows at least that was certainly true for me so when i say being selfish i mean hey if i don't know where i'm going and i don't know what my future is going to look like and i'm not willing to to challenge myself to think about that and figure out what it's going to be and why i want to own it and how i'm going to buy it then i can't don't think that i can you know do my job as as a leader of the organization and so um in my mind that that you know being selfless helped me create this future that i want design this design this thing that's going to get me what i want instead of the, what i designed that you know put me where i was and after that i can return to being selfless and servant because i know where we're going and i can help you know, at that point, I know what my job, I know where we're going. I know what my job is, what my responsibility is. And I know, um, or at least we can start working on what everyone on the team is going to do, you know, to get towards that goal. And that's when I can be selfless again, because I can help them with what they need, not with what I think, you know, needs to be done, or I don't, you know, need, I need to be the hero or whatever. Does that, does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. That clarity. Once you get that clarity of exactly who you are and what you need to do and, yeah. and why and how, then it's a lot easier than to help the other people. That's true. Yeah, I, I believe doing. that to be true. Yeah. Very cool. Well, uh, you know, this kind of leads me into the the whole courage thing. It takes courage to write a book. Yeah. I've I wrote a book. I know it's a lot of work that goes into it and stuff like that. And you're putting yourself out there. Um, but that takes that takes courage. The the business you created, you knew a little bit about waste management just from working in the the industry but then the wastewater treatment that yeah. was something kind of new to you wasn't it yeah didn't know anything about it didn't so where did you it. find the courage to say i'm going to do something that i i don't really know anything about um a baseball bat to the head that's okay. where i found the courage. <laughs> <laughs> so, available on amazon yes 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 that's my next book a baseball okay. bat to the head <laughs> um so here's what happened we we started as a trucking company, as I mentioned, and we were trucking wastewater to other companies to manage it for us. And we thought that was a great model. They right? mm -hmm. Pro will provide the service. We don't have to invest in a plant and, um, you know, life is good. And we, we're, we're not tied to one plant. You know, there were all, we had all kinds of reasons why this was a good plan until the plan, um, took a detour that we had never planned on, which was one of the, companies that we were working with the most to treat the waste that we were bringing decided that they were going to go around us and just go direct to the customer and mm. offer the service that we were providing and, you know, package it, right. Yeah. Cut out the middleman, cut out yeah. the middleman. Yeah. And, mm. um, and they ended up taking some business from us like that. And, uh, and it taught me, you know, one, a couple of things Two, one, you, you know, I should probably better vet, you know, who I'm working with, but, uh, and believe me, we looked at ourselves like, did we do something wrong here? You know, because sometimes you can make people mad or you cannot treat them right. And they go, well, I don't need you. you know? and, I, and I don't think that's what happened. Um, so, you know, there was that there was that, you know, really vet who you're working with. And then the other was like, well, if we're going to if we're going to. Um, you know, this 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 model that we built, you know, this is proof that it's probably not a good model. So we need to figure out how to do this. And that's how it started. And then we, we essentially, we looked in this, it, it, just to, 
to treat, you know, industrial wastewater, there's, there's not really something you can buy, like a system that you can buy that works. You have to design a system. So I had a friend that was in the business. He was, he was treating wastewater. So we went there and we sort of asked all kinds of questions and figured it out. And then we thought, okay, well, what he's doing is only going to treat this, you know, spectrum of waste and we wanted to treat a lot more and so we just kept learning and learning and we basically built um a couple of tanks and a couple of mixers harlan and we got some chemicals and we just we just started experimenting well wow. it took us a couple of years till we got it right actually till we thought okay we we know what we're doing but it was that five percent that 95 percent won't yeah. do um and that's how we got started in it and then um from there, we could bring people on who, you know, were smarter about it mm -hmm. and stuff and could improve it and, you know, take it where it needed to go. But we, we just started like, just, wow. you know, it was a two men in a truck sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But where did that courage come from? Where did you find the courage to, to step out and, and do this on your own? The, the whole thing, the business or the treatment yeah. or what? The business. Um, yeah. Well, you know, cause it's easy to sit and, and be a, be a employee of somebody else, right? Yeah. Let them make all the decisions, let them stick their neck out, you know, all the stress is on them and stuff. You just collect your paycheck and go home every Friday or whatever. But you said, no, I want to do something else, right? You yeah. could have, you said you got fired from that one company. You could have gone somewhere else to go to work, but you said, no, yeah. I, I want to do something different. Where did that come from? Well, I think, so I had this idea, you know, in, I think I had this idea, you know, from when I was a little kid, but it, it really came from, from Butch saying what he said to me, you know, that if I wanted to start a business, he would, he, he would want to partner with me because no one had ever said that to me before. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't even thinking that Harlan, I was, you know, I was in, I was in like scarcity preservation mode, not, you know, abundance optimism mode. Um, I believed in myself. But when he said that, then I thought, okay, now this is, why not, right? I'm going to do this. And I felt like I've got a lot to gain and I have very little to lose. Cause I already, I felt like I'd already lost everything cause I'd failed, you know, at the job. So, um, I think that's the best answer I can give you. Just someone had a belief in me that was the, the thing that, you know, made me get, made me do it. Sure. No, that's always, that's like you said, they, they see something in you, you think is there, but then when it's viewed externally and somebody says, Hey, I see that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's magic. Very cool. Um, so there are different types of courage. We talk about, um, intellectual courage, right. Being able to set aside your long held beliefs to, uh, make room for new knowledge. Um, I'm a lifelong learner. I love learning new stuff. There's moral courage, uh, empathetic courage, social courage. Is there a type of courage you think is most important for entrepreneurs? Hmm. I never, uh, I, I like how you broke courage into all those different components. I've never. Oh, and there's more. Those are just, those are just a few. Yeah. Okay. I've never really thought about that, but I think, I mean, as you were going through them, I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I mean, I think, I mean, I hate to beat the, the, you know, the being an entrepreneur is the hardest thing out there. Cause it's not, it's not the, there are a lot of harder things out there in life, but 
but doing it well, being good at it is really hard. I mean, there are, if you took a hundred entrepreneurs and you put them in the room, the, the number of them that, that you could go through all of those things or say, are you, you know, how, how good are you at all of these things would be a really small number. And I think, um, to be the best that you can be, you have to have all of those different courages because every you, you're going to run into situations every day that are, that are going to require one or the other or a blend or, and you have to be pretty savvy about recognizing it and then reacting or responding to it in the appropriate way. Don't you think? Yeah. And being open to it. Like you yeah. said, the entrepreneurs, a lot of times they, they will paint themselves into a corner because they think they have to be the best, the smartest person in the room. Yeah. They have to know everything and they have to be able to do it all themselves. And that's really right. not, not the case. You need to be open enough to say, this is something I'm not good at and I need to hire somebody or bring somebody in yeah. that can do this piece of it. Yeah. And that, that was some, I, so for more than 10 years, I was that first description that you were saying. Yeah. I don't know that I always thought I was the smartest person in the room, but I wanted to be up there. <laughs> I yeah. didn't want to be, that's why I would get so embarrassed if I didn't know something. Cause I was just like, Oh my gosh, how's that reflecting on me? But, uh, but I've completely, I, I, I shouldn't say completely. I've changed a lot. Now I want to be a competent person in the room, but I don't need to be anything close to the smartest person in the room because all I need to get is a portion of what it is. Right. As long as I have a portion of what it is, then I, then I, you know, I, I know that I can make something of it. Yeah. Yeah. I learned as a, uh, I was a consultant for years and I'd learned way, way early. If you're asked, can you do X? You tell them, yes, I yeah. can. And then you find the book. <laughs> call right. somebody and try to figure out how to do it. Right. Um, and a lot of times as an entrepreneur, it's like, I know this is necessary. I know this has to happen. I'm not good. I'm not a financial guy. So the numbers are not my bag. Find somebody who's really good at this, you know, talk to them to know just enough, ask the right questions, but then trust them to, to get their, their piece done. Right. And that's not always easy. That's, that's a little scary sometimes. It's scary. And uh, it's, it's also, um, like you really have to get to the point where you can just let yourself go a little bit where, you know, you don't have to take yourself all that seriously. You don't have to, you know, be like the expert and everything. And also you, you recognize at some point, hopefully that there's two or three things that you should probably be doing all the time. And there's whatever's not in those two or three things should probably not be something you ever do. Yeah. Um, and then there's a the scary part about investing in, in the person or the system or whatever, because a lot of us get kind of cheap when it comes to, you know, we recognize yeah. something yeah. or like, I don't want to write a check for that. Well, <laughs> okay, then you're going to get what you have, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. You write a check now or write a bigger check later. Sometimes. Yeah. Or yeah, it's like a little pain now or a lot of pain now or a little pain for the rest of your life. What do you want? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, at the height of your business, how many, how many folks did you employ? Around 150. Nice. And uh, if I were to keep, or if I was to bump into any one of those folks on the road and uh, ask them about what type of leader you were, what do you think they tell me? What kind of leader are you? Well, I think um, my hope, I hope they would say that I was uh, one, someone who cared 
Like I, I, I really cared about what we were doing and why we were doing it. And I cared about um, the people as well, it, especially the people who showed that they cared about what they were doing, right? Sometimes yeah. you get a hire, then you're just like, oh, that person doesn't care. And I'm <laughs> not sure how much I care about them if they don't care. Yeah. But that's, that'd be one thing too. I would too, I think um, that most people would say that I was willing to give people or have an expectation for people that was um, more than what they would have of themselves. And they liked that. So there was, so I always talk to people about, okay, so this is where we are now. Where do you think, you know, where do you think you can, you can go? And they, they always underestimate where they think they can go. And I'd say, yeah. well, I think you can go further than that. Let's, so let's design a program to see, you know, start taking steps towards that. And ultimately for me, um, you know, people that started in our business at what some people might call, a, you know, a ground floor level who, who ultimately became managers and supervisors and leaders and, and now, you know, are, have con continued that or even accelerated that without me being in the picture with them anymore. Yeah. I just feel like um, if people said that, I, that, that, you know, some part of that was, was, was the result of their interactions with me, it would make me very proud. Absolutely. Very cool. So what's next for you? You got the book out, you've got the podcast. Yeah. I've got, What's yeah, so I have, um, so I sold my second business about two months ago. Okay. What, um, what kind of business was that? That was a similar business. I okay. think I mentioned, I started that with a private equity partner and we, we built that business up and sold it um, pretty quickly, much quicker than, than the other one. So I wasn't, and, and kind of unexpectedly, you know, the opportunity came along and it, and it was a good one. Um, so I kind of thought that I would be involved in that for a little bit longer, but um, what it's done is it's given me the freedom to think, okay, now, so I got my book coming out, I got my podcast. How can I, you know, take the podcast, the lessons from the podcast and all the great guests that I've had the opportunity to spend some time with and really create something that, um, I guess, you know, aggregates the wisdom and puts that wisdom out there in a packaged way for people to get it, um, you know, absorb it, use it and benefit from it. So I think that's one thing I'm certainly thinking about. I've got my, nice. the, the investing that I talked, we talked about before. And, um, you know, I, I'll, it's likely that I'll, you know, get involved with another business that's at some point, you know, myself, yeah. um, you know, soon. Cause it's just kind of, you know, who I am. What well, gets in your blood after a while. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Right. Do that again. A good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. A good way to put it. Very cool. And you say your book is coming out November 30th. It is. Yeah. Very cool. So, so yeah. Owner get, shift. Yeah. yeah. Ownership. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it wherever books are sold. You can get it on my website, which is Mike Malatesta dot com m-a-l-a-t-e-s-t-a.com um yeah and if yeah so it's it's yeah pick it up let me know what you think <laughs> that is awesome very cool 
Mike, this has been great. I really appreciate you uh, being on the podcast and stuff. Thanks for taking time out to talk to us. Um, I will have links to your your website. I will have links to your podcast and links to your book. And I'll probably throw your LinkedIn piece yeah, in there too, because there's a lot of good information. I, I love the program, the, the, the um, investing you're involved in, helping entrepreneurs kind of grow their business. I think that's that's great. I wish more people would get out there and do stuff like that. I do too. There's no, especially now that the barrier is so low, you got these syndicates that we talked about. Mm -hmm. It's just really, I think every entrepreneur should be doing it um, to help others. Sure. For sure. Yeah. A rising, what is it? A rising tide lifts all boats. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Excellent. All right, Mike, I appreciate it. Thanks again for being on the podcast. Listeners, hope you guys were taking notes because there's a lot of good information, good takeaways here. Uh, Check out the book. Um, Again, the title is Owner Shift. How Getting Selfish Got Me Unstuck. And check out Mike's podcast, How'd It Happen? Mike, Arlen, thanks, thanks Thanks so much for having me on your show. You, you're a great host and I had a great time. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. All right, listeners, hope you appreciate this episode. If you do, make sure you share it with your family, friends, and colleagues and stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me, Coach Harlan, saying so long for now.